Good morning. A uh, couple of announcements. We don't do a lot of, uh, of, of evening stuff here. I mean, we do Wednesday evenings for the most part. Uh, but we don't do much on Sunday evening. But when we do, it's worth coming to. And uh, this evening, uh, uh, Tammy Sweeney has her uh, CD release concert. Six o'clock, six to seven thirty, and it's worth coming to. Uh, and then also, uh, while we always, virtually always, have something going on on Wednesday night, uh, there some of them are kind of special that roll around each year. And in a couple more weeks, actually, maybe it's two and a half weeks on the twenty fourth, uh, Springhouse Presents will be coming up, and that is that's a wonderful night here. I mean, it, it really is. I encourage you to. Encourage you to come to it. It's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's you know, I, Carol's by candlelight is probably the top night of the year. Springhouse Presents got its own little thing going on as well, though. I encourage you to come be a part of it. Uh, this is kind of an odd sermon, I guess you would say, to close out a series on stewardship. We're, for the year, we're talking about living drenched, how to live drenched. And we've done series on, on various areas, and uh, the last series that, that I've been teaching anyway has been on stewardship. Uh, we talked about um, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You own nothing. Everything that you have is on loan, and you are a steward of it, and you're charged to be a steward of it. We, we uh, spent time talking about uh, finances uh, one week. We spent time talking about your time. Something more valuable than your finances, one week. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about something that, uh, well, I, I, think, I think it'll work if you'll go there with me. Would you stand and let's read a passage, a very short passage, out of Matthew chapter 10. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the power of your word, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would touch each of our hearts and help us to, to understand how you want us to steward what you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. When Jesus came and began his ministry, he, uh, he started it out. Um, by proclaiming what his assignment was. And the first thing that his assignment entailed was to bring good news to the poor, which the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And uh, that's, that's an interesting thing because the poor don't usually get very much good news, uh, especially here in the world. Usually the kind of good news the poor tends to get in this world is, hey, the rich are going to get more, and so you might get some of it. That's usually the good news that the poor hear. Uh, but Jesus came to bring actual good news to the poor, uh, those who were poor uh, in, in worldly wealth, also those who were poor in spirit, uh, those whose hearts were broken, those whose freedoms were taken away. He came to bring good news. And the good news, there's another name for that. And most of you know what that other name is. It's, uh, it's the gospel. But what is the gospel? 
we tend to think of, uh, when we think of the gospel, we tend to think of the gospel as being something about getting saved or something about eternal life. And I'm, and I'm certainly not denigrating either of those concepts. They're both very important. Uh, and they are components of the gospel. But that's not really what Jesus preached. It's not really what he spent most of his time preaching. What Jesus spent his time preaching, what he considered the gospel, Jesus preached that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was, that was what he said the gospel was. And he, and he must have thought it was a very important thing because it's also the first thing he taught us to ask for in prayer. He said, teach us how to pray. He said, well, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You're our Father. Let's acknowledge that. We bring you honor. We bring you glory, the reverence that's due you. Now, let's get down to asking for things. The first thing you ask for, your kingdom come. We need your kingdom here. And in fact, it's also he, what he, he said to us was the first thing we should seek. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, which is part of the kingdom. And all of these, all this other stuff, all these other things that you're concerned about and you spend so much time talking about, they'll come when the kingdom comes in your life. So it was a very, very important thing for him. And of course, God's kingdom is, is where God rules. And there's, uh, there, are, there are three primary corollaries to God's rule. Where God's rule, where God rules, these three things happen. And, and you know this verse, we sing a song that has it in it. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Most Christians are known for eating. I don't think too many of them are known for drinking, but most, most are known for eating. But uh, that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy. And I've always been told righteousness, you know, is, is right standing with God, which it is. But it basically comes right down to this. Do right. In the kingdom of God, things are are done right in the kingdom of heaven. And, and we have attended, and it's not what we necessarily think is right. It's what the king thinks is right. Uh, over in, over in Judges, in the book of, and boy, the, 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 the time we live in seems so analogous to Judges. It says over in the book of Judges that in those days Israel had no king. Everyone did what they saw fit. Everybody had their own idea of what right was, and that's what they went and did. And it was a terrible mess. And we, we tend to do that at times. But you need to understand that no king, no kingdom. There's no such thing as a kingless kingdom. And so in the kingdom of God, God always does what is right. The poor and those who are denied justice. And we live in a world where seemingly some get away with murder and truly grand theft and others are wrongly punished or excessively punished. Let, let me give you a clue. I mean, this is, this is a worldly clue. If you're going to steal something, don't steal something little. You know, don't, 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 don't steal a few hundred bucks or a few thousand bucks. Get, if, once you get in the millions, then you got a good chance of getting away with it. Am I wrong? Seriously, that's, that's the way, that's the way this world operates. But the kingdom of heaven doesn't happen that way because nobody can pull anything over 
on God. It doesn't matter how, how good your lawyer is. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we have to give account. He knows. He knows why you did it. He, he knows, he knows what, 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 what was needed and what wasn't needed and who was right and who was wrong. He knows. He just knows. It's that simple. Psalm 25, 8 says the Lord is good and he does what is right. Imagine living in a, in a, in a, in a world, in a situation where the one in charge knows everything and is good and always does right. Wow. So righteousness is part of the kingdom of God when it comes. Peace is part of the kingdom of God. And of course, there are different facets of peace. People um, strive for inner peace. And doesn't that, isn't that an ironic phrase? Striving for peace. And it can usually be found. In low light, soft music, sweet smell of bacon, through the air, you know, whatever it is that works for you. You, know, you just get to just go home, turn the lights off, turn them down, put some boring classical music on, and fry up some bacon. You got peace. But it doesn't tend to stay in the reality of daylight. When you go back outside and the lights are on, and instead of the soft music, somebody's honking their horn, and instead of bacon or whatever it is that you like, you know, there's broccoli in the air. Does broccoli have a smell? Cabbage. <sighs> okay. You, you know, you'd think I'd know better than to talk about food in the second service. <laughs> One of these days. But in the kingdom, peace comes in a different way. And, and it doesn't rely on the setting whatsoever. M most of you are familiar with this verse. Do not be anxious about anything. Oh, well, that's for how do you do that? Well, this is how you do it in every situation. With prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. Just, just tell him you got it. This, this is yours. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And it says, which transcends all understanding. I mean, in other words, it's not a peace that comes along because you think, you know, tomorrow's a new day. It's not a peace that comes along because you think, you know, I think it's really going to get better. I, 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 I think this situation is going to turn itself around. No, it's a peace that comes when you can't even see tomorrow. You don't know that it's going to get better and you don't really think it's going to turn itself around. But you got peace anyway. Now, that's something that transcends understanding. That's something that'll hold up when it's when 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 it's ninety five degrees outside and and sweat's running in your eyes. I mean that that's something that'll hold up on the drive to work. And it's just you, you just you you put it in his hands, life put in his hands. It's it's a wonderful thing. 
And then, of course, there's also peace when it comes to just literal peace on the earth, freedom from war. In this world, it seems that war is forced upon us, and, uh, and in a lot of ways it is, and we, we tend to dress it up, you know, uh, it's that nation's fault or this nation's fault or that group's fault or this group's fault or whatever. And the truth of the matter is, it's, it's the way of the world. It's the way of the world. First uh, John chapter 5 says the whole world is under the control of the evil one. The, the entire world is. And so, so war's out there and war happens and it comes and some decry having anything to do with it whatsoever and, 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 and won't go to war and others see it as a necessary evil and, 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 and they will because somebody's got to do it. And they're both right. They're both right. While, and, and, and when Jesus comes back, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna come back on a horse. He's gonna destroy the, his enemies with the breath of his mouth. But there, nothing in his titles really includes the term warlord. I mean, he is the, the God of hosts, but nothing really, really the title that he has is Prince of Peace. We're really blessed in this country because I guess since the Civil War, we've really not had um, armies fighting in our borders. Now, we've, we've had war going on. They just weren't armies fighting one another. But if you've ever been to or, or even sometimes you can, you can get there just from watching scenes from it. If you've ever been in a, situ- in, in a, in a country where war was actually being fought... It's like, wow, how, how can life even exist in, in this kind of circumstance, in this kind of situation? When the kingdom comes, the Prince of Peace comes, it says over in Isaiah 9-7, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And so righteousness, peace, and joy are the hallmarks of the kingdom. Happiness depends on what happens, but joy is a, is a powerful and enduring treasure. Uh, I've brought this verse up a number of times, but, but Hebrews 12.2, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's what enabled Jesus to be able to move in that way. That's one of the reasons why it says God loves a cheerful giver, because a cheerful giver is enabled to do things from from the joy that they have. And it's not just something for Christ. It's something for us as well. Uh, Peter says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Because you believe in him. So, what does all this have to do with stewardship? Okay. See, when you're a preacher, you can just take things wherever you want to take them. You see. But I, I believe it really does have something to do with stewardship. The verse, the passage that we read this, this morning, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy and drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, I've been healed. I mean, God's healed me and stuff. I don't have the testimony that some of you have. I don't have the, you know, man, I was, they, they gave me six weeks to live and, and God touched me and, 
And, and, and you know, and some, some of you do have that. But I, there have been times in my life when I, and it, it wasn't just, hey, I got better. I mean, the, the power of the Holy Spirit hit my body and what was sick one minute was well the next minute. So, I mean, I've been healed. I don't think I've ever been raised from the dead. I mean, not physically. You know, I, I, uh, I've, uh, spiritually, yes, not physically. I've uh, never had leprosy. Had, had acne when I was a teenager. Uh, got over that. But, uh, never had, never had leprosy that I know of. I don't know that I've had any demons driven out. I mean, possibly. Can't, can't, they didn't make weird noises when they went, if I did. But what if, what have we all been freely given? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is what every single one of us have been freely given. And he's saying, it was freely given to you. Now you, you, you freely give it to others. And it helps to know what you're giving away. Righteousness, peace, and joy are not things you earned. They weren't things that you got enough points that you brought them to God and say, Hey, here, God, I got enough points. Now, can I have some joy, please? No. I mean, they, these, these things were, were and are freely given to us. Now, we often refuse to accept these gifts. And if we don't accept them, then it's kind of hard to have them. But they're there. They're, they're freely there. And the steward of the kingdom will bring God's kingdom into this world. A steward of the kingdom will do right by others, not just what's best for themselves. I heard a, um, a comedian a week or so ago, and this worked in the first service, so I'll say it in the second service. I heard a comedian a week or so ago, he wasn't a Christian or anything like that, but boy, he sure said something Christian. He said, I decided to start looking out for number one, and then I stepped in number two. Think about it. Because when we have, when we do that, we do that. Here's a difference, primary difference philosophically. I mean, there are other differences, but philosophically, here's a primary difference between God and Satan. God gives, Satan takes. God gives. That's his nature. For God so loved the world that he gave. And that's not the only verse, but I mean, there's, and, and if he gave his son and didn't withhold him from us when we were his enemies, how much more now that we've been reconciled to him? God gives everything about him is, is other centered and giving. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And so whenever we are giving, we're reflecting God and his kingdom and his nature. And when we're taking, we are reflecting Satan and this world and his nature. Doing what our father does. And so a steward of the kingdom will be one who does right by others. Not just what's best for themselves. A steward of the kingdom will be someone who lives at peace with others. 
I'm not saying that there's never a need to put them up. You know, I'm not saying that there's never a need to to go to war. Sometimes you have to do that. But Romans 12:18 says this: If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It's not uh, uh, someone who's bringing the kingdom of God is not going to be somebody who's always stirring the pot. Hallelujah. So, someone who's bringing the kingdom of God is not going to be somebody who comes into the room and when they leave the room, everybody's in a bad mood with each other and, and at each other's throat. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the children of God. So, someone, someone who brings the kingdom of God into the world. <laughs> Over in uh, James chapter 3, verse 18, the Message Bible translates, Probably my favorite translation that the Message Bible has of any verse. It, it refers to this phrase. It says, the hard work of getting along with one another. Because it's hard work. It really is. You know, there are mean people out there. But if you're going to bring the gospel, you can't be one of them. <laughs> oh yeah because not only do we bring righteousness and peace but we bring joy into the world and of course you have to have it to give it but if you will accept it you can have it I, I said last week uh, we serve best when we do what we love most and um, and, and I, I stand by that because I, I, I think that's true but you know, you may go, well, I don't have any, I mean, you know, I love movies most. That's what I, well, take somebody to the movies. A good one. Uh, or you may go, well, I don't, you know, I don't really don't have anything that I do well. Everybody, everybody can smile. <laughs> Let's practice. Shall we? Turn, turn, turn to somebody who's nearby you and, and just see, see if you can crack them up. See, see if you can bring some joy into their life. Give, give them one of these, you know, like, woo. I'm so happy I came the day he was preaching this sermon. I, I just, you know, and the truth of the matter is, I mean, it's not that you got to go around all the time, you know, giving it that, but some of the time, Some of the time, anybody can say something kind. When's the last time you intentionally said something kind to somebody? With no ulterior motive whatsoever. And you kind of go, well, you know, I had a bad week though, Pastor. <clears throat> Let me explain this. One of the things that, I mean, there are, there are things about being a pastor that, that's great and other things that are, that are difficult. And when I, when I first, uh, started, came into the ministry, one of the things that I thought would be real difficult is going to see real sick people. And especially those who were, shall we say, knocking on, uh, 
heaven's door. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, sometimes that can be difficult. But some of the most incredible moments I've ever had as a pastor, I've been walking in to see, some, to see somebody who's, they're, they're not going to be in this world much longer. But when I left, you know, I felt this, this high off the floor. You know, they've just been built up so much, encouraged so much. The kingdom of God was being manifested. It's what was happening. And these are these aren't the these aren't the only things that we've been that we've been given. Uh, freely given. You've been freely given forgiveness. You, you, didn't, you didn't earn that. You didn't do anything to get that. You didn't have to earn enough points to, to get forgiven of God. And, and you know what? There are so many people that I, that I talk to on occasion who just go, well, you know, I would be saved, but I, I've done so much. God just can't do it. And you know why they feel that way? They feel that way because there are a lot of Christians who can't forgive them. And so they can't imagine that those, that those people's daddy could do it, could forgive them. But it's... And forgiveness is not an easy thing. It, it, it's rough. It's tough. You know, you have to get up every morning. You have to do it again. Sometimes you have to do it twice a day. Sometimes you have to do it 200 times a day. But it just happens. Uh, Colossians 3.13 says this. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Will the Lord forgive you more than once a day? For the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I don't, I, you know, God's a lot better at this than we are, okay? Let's, let's make, let's make that real clear. You know, so I don't think God's up there going, oh, gotta forgive him again. You know, but it, but it keeps happening. It keeps happening. And, and that's how we forgive the same way God does. You keep forgiving. You keep forgiving. You, just, you walk in it. You just keep forgiving. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let me tell you a secret about this verse. You weren't forgiven because you confessed. The forgiveness was already there. You received it because you confessed. So it's not a matter of God going, well, you know, I'm thinking I might forgive you, but let's hear it now. No, it's already done. You're the one who needs to hear it now. You're the one who needs to receive it now. And that's, and that's the power of confession in your life. One other, one other thing about forgiveness here. It says, be, Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. God did not forgive you because you got better and started coming to church. God did not forgive you because you walked down the aisle and, and said a, a pro-formula prayer. God did not forgive you because you cried. He forgave you because Jesus Christ died on the cross. He, he forgave you because of what Jesus did. And that same power is available to you. You don't forgive someone because of what they did or what, how they've changed or they've had a change of heart. You forgive someone because Jesus Christ died on the cross and the kingdom of heaven is here now. 
Freely you've received. Freely give. And one more. <laughs> Freely give. You know I was going to get here eventually. Love. 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 And, and, and you say, well, you know, Pastor, you need, to, you need to teach people how to not sin rather than just all this love stuff. <clears throat> According to the Bible, when people learn how to love, they don't sin anymore. As long as they're loving. You can't, you can't do both of those things at the same time. Because love fulfills all of the law's commands. That's what the scripture says. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to murder them. You're not going to steal from them. You're not going to commit adultery against them. You're not, you're not going to do any of the things that the law says don't do. And you will do the things that are godlike. When you fall in love with somebody, you think about them all the time. Don't you? Or have you just gotten too old to remember that? And God loves us. The reason He thinks about us, the reason you are always on His mind, is not because he's going, man, I wish I hadn't made that one. But it's because he loves you. It's because, it's because his mind is, he's enraptured by you. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. As dearly loved children, you are a dearly loved child of God. You know, I don't, I don't work a lot with, with children, but I live with someone who does. And it's not hard. If you've been around children a lot, it's not hard to know which ones really feel loved and really feel secure in that love that they have at home. They, they walk in a joy and a peace and, and, a, and a security that others can't walk in. But the kingdom of God, that, that brings you, you're a dearly loved child of God. And, and dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We love because He first loved us. Freely you've received. Freely give. We have been entrusted with the greatest message the world has ever known. Yes, time, we're stewards of time. God gave us time. Yes, our, our finances, our wealth, we're stewards of that. God, God gave that, entrusted to us. Anything that you have in your life. But one of the things that He has entrusted to you as a steward is the message of the kingdom of God. And the message of the kingdom of God, so, somehow or another, it, it isn't... Somehow or another, we've kind of gotten the idea that, okay, the way we spread the message of the kingdom of God is we'll give money and somebody else can go say it. Well, it's good to give money and let somebody go say But that's not all that being a steward of this message requires. 
And the message, by the way, isn't you're going to hell. The message isn't really you're a sinner because the truth of the matter is you can't convince somebody they're a sinner if they don't think they are. How many people's minds have you ever changed by arguing with them? I can count for myself on no fingers the number of people whose minds I've changed by arguing with them. And you probably can too. The Holy Spirit has to convict them of sin. The Holy Spirit has to convict them. If you, if you convince them, if you convict them, if you convince them that, you know, they, they're messed up and they're going the wrong way, well, that looks pretty good on the surface. But when you're gone, they, they're not convinced anymore. The Holy Spirit's the only, is going to stay with them. He's, he's the one who can do that. We got the good part. We, we, the message we have is, is, is the good message. And it's not necessarily a message that even requires words. It's like Francis of Assisi said, go and preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. Because what we're supposed to bring into the world, what we're supposed to proclaim is the kingdom of God. The, the message of the, your kingdom come is here. A reign of righteousness, a reign of peace. A reign of joy unspeakable. Forgiveness that's greater than your sins. Love that is steadfast and, and full of mercy. God isn't asking you to, to, to give anything He hasn't already given to you. And what a different world this would be. If instead of just thinking that we have to shout at people or say things to people or, or give money so somebody else can shout at people, what a, what a different world this would be is if the message that we brought was, you're a dearly loved child of God and there's peace and there's joy and it's available and it's right here, it's right now. It's not just in the sweet by and by. You can't get this out of a bottle. You can't find this on a screen. You can't get this... Uh, following the things that look like they're fun. You can only get this one place. And it's for whosoever will. Spreading the gospel is absolutely equivalent with spreading the kingdom. And as you bring the kingdom of heaven to people, you'll find out they've heard the gospel. Would you stand with me? And with those who are going to pray with, uh, with people come forward. And if you're here and you need prayer, freely receive. Come and freely receive. And maybe, you know, maybe there, there are areas that got touched on that are difficult for you. And you're kind of going, well, you know, I, I've kind of I've pushed that one to the side. You know, I, I really don't seem to have joy in my life anymore. I don't really have a lot of love for people anymore. I don't have a lot of forgiveness. I'm having trouble with that. Other areas. I, I, I tend to do what's right for myself rather than what, because I'm afraid if I don't, nobody else is going to. So I need to look out for number one. 
peace seems to be gone from my life. You know, it's here. It's available. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter who you are. It's here. It's available. The altar is open. If you, if you need to come for anything, you know, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. If you need to come for anything, you come. And if you, uh, if you don't need to come, worship with us for a few moments. Create an atmosphere for those who do. The Holy Spirit.